Hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Today we are going to be looking at um, an interesting passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And this is a passage that really is, is aimed at the, the way a church, when it gathers, is meant to have really a sense of order. And it's a sense of order that, that puts a primacy on the Word of God on the the um, the proclamation of the word of God and uh, and this actually this passage also helps us maybe briefly talk about some of the sign gifts and bring some clarity to them now I, I want to remind us that we are in a first um, Corinthians chapter 14 and this ancient ways for modern days what we're trying to do is walk through each chapter of the Bible and and pull out a portion of each chapter, and really the goal is to present a devotional reading that helps us apply the Word of God, the the ancient Word of God, to our modern day, because the Word of God, it is always relevant. It is, not a, it is not a dated old document that has no bearing on our lives today, but because it comes from God himself, it actually is, it gives us everything we need for life and godliness, specifically in our worship service today, as we think about how we gather, what it looks like when we gather. And so with, with that said, let's jump into the text. First Corinthians, the portion I want to look at, chapter 14, verses 26 through 30, it says, What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. He says, when you come together, come together with with these things prepared and and with the the mindset that everyone's bringing something so that we can all grow together. He says, let all things be done for building up. What is the purpose of the church gathering? For us to build each other up. And now here we go. Let's get into it a little bit. He says, if any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or three at most and each in turn and let someone interpret. Now up to this point, Paul has used the word tongue and then the word tongues in kind of a unique way. Tongues he uses to describe the spiritual gifting when someone is able to speak in a language other than their native tongue. So there's a variety of different languages, and so the gift of tongues is when someone is able to speak so that they can proclaim the gospel in a language that is different than their own. Now, standing aside or standing separate from that is when he uses the the, the word tongue, as in this this ambiguous language, this this gibberishy language that is uh, a, a false uh, spiritual emotional expression. And so you have. Tongues, which is the gifting to speak in another language. And then you have, t- when someone uses a tongue, and this is the, the, the negative connotation. But here, he uses tongue in, in a positive light because he's speaking in the church service. When someone speaks, if any speak in a tongue, if, if they're speaking in a language other than their own, he says, let there only be two or three at most, each in turn, and let someone interpret so there's someone there who can actually interpret what they're speaking. They can interpret that language that is being used. And remember, this is all for the building up. So someone's not just speaking in tongues, just kind of going off in tongues in a way that it's not building anyone else up. No, there's actually someone there that can interpret and give encouragement, give the building up. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. If there's no one to interpret, this is not meant for public consumption. Verse 29. 
<clears throat> let two or three prophets speak. This is talking about the proclamation of God's word. And let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the, fir- let the first be silent. So he says, okay, if, if there is, uh, let two or three prophets speak. Let two or three people present teaching of the word of God. Let it be weighed by others who were able to weigh the teaching of the word of God. If revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. Don't interrupt each other in this moment. He says, for you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirit of the prophets are to be subject to the prophets. He says, let let this happen one by one so that everyone there can learn. He says, and it's to be tested. It's, you know, each teaching is to be subject to, to the others. We're to, we're to judge, kind of like the Bereans. We are to judge what is presented, say, does this match what God's revealed word actually teaches? And then the beginning of verse 33, here's where I want to land. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. The point here is, in the early church, and even for our church today, when we gather for worship, it's not a free-for-all. It's not a, an emotional spectacle. It's not a let's gather and do what we feel led to do in the moment. Rather, there is meant to be an order. There is meant to be a structure. And that order and structure is all aimed at the mutual encouragement around the word of God. So what does this mean? devotionally speaking, in our in our modern day, how, how do we take this ancient way and apply it today? Well, we simply say, when we gather for worship, is our worship organized? Is it is it ordered? And is it ordered and organized around the Word of God? Are we those that when we gather, we, we sing the Word of God, we preach the Word of God, we pray the Word of God, we um, we... Uh, we read the word of God. Are we those that when we gather, we have an ordered, structured service and it all is founded on the word of God for the mutual encouragement of each other? See, when you, when you go to worship, it's not about what you get out of it. You don't go there for your emotional well-being. You go there for your spiritual maturity. When you go there, you don't go there for what you can uh, feel. You go there so that you can feast. And it's a feast that is laid out and it is organized. And it's organized in a way that lets us all grow. So I'd encourage you, next time you walk into the church service, walk in with that mindset. Recognize that that typically those who are leading, they've put great thought and great effort into creating a service that is built hopefully on the word of God. And it's done so, not so that you can just have a spiritual experience. That's not what the point of this is, but so that you can encounter the word of God. So that you can feast on it, so you can grow in it so that you can mature, so that all can benefit, and so the church can be a place where believers grow as disciples of Christ. This is our ancient way for our modern day.